0: There it is. Everybody, I I cannot tell you how excited I am. We have such an incredible guest on the show today, and we have so many different topics that we can talk about. Let's just see where it goes. Practicing polyamory, real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real life flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, here we go. I want to welcome you all as always to the show. And before we jump in, I just want to quickly ask everybody who's listening, tuning in, please head over to YouTube, search for the Practicing Polyamory Podcast, and hit that subscribe button. I'm this close to getting that 100 subscribers so I can get my custom URL. Uh, And once I do, I'll be super stoked and happy. You can also find the show on all our social media. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at practicing Poly A, Would love if you'd follow me there. Also, a reminder to everybody who's listening. If you're listening to this podcast, you are a welcomed guest to be on the show. If you're actively polyamorous, if you're polyam curious, if you're a professional serving the polyam community, if you're gay, straight, queer, lesbian, trans, insby, Ace, Arrow, whatever, I want to hear your story. The more stories we hear. The more the world learns about us and the better we can serve our community. All right. I kept that one short today because we are on a limited time and we have an awesome guest. And I cannot express how honored and excited I am for today's episode. Our guest today is a polyam rock star, poet, public speaker, panelist, singer, photographer, performance artist, model and breast cancer survivor, as well as a former fundamentalist Christian and cult member. What, what, oh, <laughs> everything changed for her in 2013 after her breast cancer diagnosis, when she realized life is too short to live anything less than fully <laughs> authentically. She came out as sex-positive, bisexual, and polyamorous shortly thereafter, and has since spoken in multiple polyam events in the U.S. and Canada, in addition to being featured on one of my favorite podcasts, often recommended, Mm Multiamory. Our guest's resume is way too long to list, and she has so much knowledge, wisdom, and passion to contain into one little intro. So without further ado, and with so much anticipation, (laughs) welcome to the show, Gloria Jackson Nefertiti! i Oh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> Gloria, welcome to the show. Thank you Thank so you. much for taking some time to hang out with me today. I really, really appreciate yeah, it. I'm excited to get a chance to chat with you. Oh, yes. Yes. I've been looking forward to this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. Um, But tell me... You know what, your resume is just so long. I am not going to go all the way back and be like, well, where'd you find out about polyamory? Because that's just like way too basic for all of the stuff that you do. Um, One of the things that stood out to me that, uh, some of the work that you've done is the Transcending Shame. Oh, and yeah. you have talked about that on a couple of different podcasts. So um, if you could just kind of start with that, we'll, we'll start with that because that's definitely something that interests me. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about your work in Transcending Shame and what exactly you're speaking to there.
1: Okay. Um, well, one of, one of the things that I'm speaking to, actually, you know, I'll, I'll just go back to Oh, I believe it was like 2015 when I w- went to a free workshop at one of the, uh, I I guess you could you know say sex positive centers you know here in Seattle, and somebody was teaching a class called uh, sexual shame, mm-hmm. and it you know I, it it was, it was a you know really good class and I got a lot out of it you know but one of the things that stood out is that. Um, it wasn't just for sexual shame, you know. The things that that he was saying, that he was putting out there, uh, you know. I thought that that really applied to just the shame, period. Mm-hmm. You know. And another thing that stood out for me is as I was listening to him, I remember thinking, "Oh gosh, I could totally do that," you know. But I just kind of, um, you know, put it on the the back burner, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: and then, can you, can you give me an idea? Like, when, when you're talking about shame, mm-hmm. sexual shame is one thing. Uh, when you're talking about shame, is it like shame in our? polyamorous lifestyle is it shame in our sexualities is it shame because of religion because of societal pressures like what are the different types of shame (laughs) that that we're going into here
1: oh boy it's it's uh definitely all of the above all of the above
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh
1: now when when i when i teach the workshop um normally it goes for an hour and a half you know but mm-hmm. i mean i've had had times where i've had to you know, like cram everything into like 20 minutes you know <laughs> uh, but uh, when when it is an hour and a half i have this uh segment where i ask the uh question uh what is it about you or what is it about your background that society says you should be ashamed of mm. And uh, I've, I've heard, you know, just some amazing things. I mean, you know, there are uh, some things that, uh, you know, get, can't be helped for one thing, you know, like your uh, skin color, for example. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. um, some, some people would say, well, let, let me, i also back up a little bit. Um, what, what happens is, is I'll give them seven minutes, you know, to get into small groups if they want to. You know, and that's the the big thing there, if they want to get into small groups, because I, you know, I realize that everybody's not comfortable. And for me, believe it or not, I I have social anxiety, you know, so (laughs) I I can totally understand not feeling comfortable getting into a small group, you know. But um, when people do get into the small groups and they talk about what it is about them or their background that society says they should be ashamed of. And I'll start out giving them seven minutes. But the discussion will just end up being so lively that (laughs) when the timer goes off,
0: <laughs> you know, I'll say, it's hard so, to pull them away. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'll say, okay, two more minutes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then the goes off and you know, it's still not enough time. So you know, I'll give them two more, but you know, I re- really can't extend it any longer because you know, uh, I, I mean, you know, y- usually there's another class that's g- going to come in right after ours. You know, so mm-hmm. we you know, can't go indefinitely, but. Um, as, as far as the, the different things that you know people have shame about um, you know some some people if, if they were willing to share that is um, you know said that they uh, felt shame for being a sex worker for right. example um, you know other other people felt shame for being polyamorous others you know for uh, being transgender you um, you know, I—I I mean, there was just so much. Oh, and you know, b- being a single mother, uh, mm-hmm. being poor, you know. And w- when when I mentioned that, you know, some of the things that people are ashamed of are things that you know maybe you know can't be helped. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.
0: There, there is a lot of shame. I mean, some of the things that you mentioned, being a single mom, uh, being poor, uh, maybe being heavily in debt or, you know, whatever. All of these things has nothing to do necessarily with polyamory specifically. It's just kind of mm-hmm. shame in general. Um, in your workshop, are you helping people to move past that shame and... Is it the goal to just like live proudly or what? what's kind of the, the end goal there?
1: Um, basically to, uh, you know, have respect for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, um, like I, I know that, you know, for me growing up, I would say that for the majority of my life, I, you know, I experienced so much shame just about me <laughs> in general. Mm-hmm. I just felt that, that there was so much wrong with me. Um, you know, and I I think I might have also mentioned too that I'm I'm also autistic and you know I w wasn't diagnosed until oh gosh, it was um yeah, May of 2019. Fairly you know, recently. It was, it was, yeah, it was uh the six months before I turned 63. You know? Wow. <laughs> so it was a really, really late diagnosis, you know. Yeah. But I remember that before then, um you know, I just received so much teasing and actually, you know, more accurately, uh, it was just a lot of bullying that, mm-hmm. that I received because right. I, you know, I wasn't like the other kids. You know, there, there was just something, something different about me. And, um, you know, kids were constantly asking me, why do you act the way you do? <laughs> you know, and and so it was like I you know, learned, you know, at an early age that there was something, quote unquote, wrong.
0: You know, different.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, you know, I just want to, you know, show people that, that that that's not the case. You know, that there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, and in fact, um, something that that came to me. Oh, I think it was probably around the same time that I started teaching Transcending Shame in 2017. Um, but but I uh, came up with this statement that. Um, Learning that there is nothing wrong with me, mm-hmm. nor has there ever been anything wrong with me, was the most liberating realization in the world.
0: There is nothing wrong with me, nor has, there, has there ever been ever. anything wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely oh, true. Yes. Absolutely oh, yes. true. And so when you came to that realization that there's nothing wrong with you, nor has there ever been, mm-hmm. it, it, it was liberating. You said, what changed? What? How did that affect your life? Like, what, what were you able to do with that realization that you weren't able to do before?
1: Yeah. What changed is... Um... You know, just re- realizing that there were certain things that I would, <laughs> that that I used to put up with in relationships. Mm, okay, that there was no way I would, would ever put up with them today. You know, because I, you know, and as a result of learning that there was nothing wrong with me, nor had there ever been anything wrong with me, um, you you know, I just started to to gain more self respect, which which actually that came uh you know like uh, pretty shortly after the breast cancer diagnosis in in uh, 2013 when i realized how short life was you know yeah and so not only did i come out as sex positive bisexual and polyamorous but i i also began to you know like and love myself more and you know as i uh, mentioned earlier you know I have more self-respect mm-hmm. and and when I think about um, you know I won't spend a, a lot of time you know to, talking about this but, but that there there was somebody who I was was in a relationship with uh, you know a, a long-term relationship and uh, he was uh, somebody who I met at a uh, polypodlock in the uh, early 1990s mm-hmm. yeah. and I guess all I will say is that I cannot imagine today uh, allowing somebody to, to treat me like that. Yeah. yeah, you know, Because I, I, I know that I'm worth so much more.
0: You know? uh, Ain't no thing like me except me. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> Nothing like me except me. And I value uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it, it can definitely just having that, that simple realization and valuing oneself is Mm -hmm. such a huge difference. It it makes all the difference in the world in, in the way that we approach relationships. Uh, Yeah, I, I just absolutely love it. Some other things that are on your, in your resume, some other (laughs) things that you, uh, that you mentioned, you know, this, this, um, there's the neurodivergency that you mentioned, you just got diagnosed uh, with autism mm. less, less than two years ago. And right. you know, that was a late diagnosis. Did that change? I, I'm sure it just like put a lot of things in place like, oh, now all <laughs> of a sudden, all of these things from way back then make sense. Right right change the way that you approach things now today did it kind of open open things up and and yes tell yes. me a little bit about yes, that
1: yes um like for for one thing um now i i have two partners you know who mm-hmm. uh you know one, one of them were coming up on 15 years in may uh oh wow. <laughs> the other one i, I believe is like 12 years something something like that. Oh wow. Oh. oh. Okay, so, all right. <laughs> but <Bravo. laughs> thank you. But but it's like over over the years, you know, that there've just been various, you know, life changes and uh, you know, so so it's kind of changed the dynamics of, you know, our relationships. So, I'm in the process of uh, you know, looking for other partners. And one of the things, one of the big changes that, that I've seen is that, you know, I've just decided that I'm going to tell people at the very beginning that I'm autistic, you know, just so there'll be no surprises, you know, because I, um, you know, I process information differently from uh, other people or, uh, you know, neurotypical people, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. And if if I say or do something that people don't understand, I don't want them to ask me, "Uh, what, why did you do this? (laughs) You know, because I mean, I've had that happen so much, but if, if I tell them at the beginning that I'm autistic, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think that that'll kind of help prepare
0: them, you know? Makes sense. Makes sense. You know, one of the things that you've, Mentioned in your bio and something that I want to ask you about you. You, you have two partners currently. You said you're you're open to and looking for uh, more potentially. Yes. Um, yes. But you talked about hierarchy or, or practicing oh. non-hierarchical uh, polyamory. Now, you've got these two partners that you've been with for 12 and 15 years. Yes. So I imagine after some time, the hierarchy there, you know, is negligible. Mm -hmm. But what about when we get into new relationships? How can we, as Polyam folks, we've had these partners for these very long times. How Mm -hmm. can we get into new relationships in a non-hierarchical way?
1: Yeah. Well, it's a lot easier for me because uh, I don't live with any of my partners. Mm -hmm. I mean, now, you know, I'm kind of wishing that that I live with at least one of them, you know, like during COVID. I mean, you know, because I've I've really hardly seen either of my partners since February.
0: <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah. I, I live with one, the other one, sometimes it's six weeks, sometimes it's two months at a time. I, I get oh, it. Oh gosh.
1: Today, Junior <laughs>
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my uh, god <laughs> yes yeah, so, so how, how do we navigate new relationships uh-huh. when somebody new is coming into the picture they obviously you know they are not going to have as much of an emotional or otherwise connection uh mm-hmm. so how do we manage the the hierarchy or what what was the, the word that uh uh was in more than two we have prescriptive and descriptive. and descriptive right right so how do we how do we kind of manage that uh, that new relationship coming in yeah
1: um I guess well one thing I, I uh, think of is that um, when when there's a, a new relationship you know instead of looking at it as uh, you know some somebody coming into an established relationship, um, you know, which, which really is not what I do. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's more more like, uh, you know, with what, what they call couples privilege, I guess, right. you know, where there's a a, a married couple and um, in instead of the couple, you know dating separately, they look for somebody to come in and you know, basically join their relationship, you know, mm-hmm. and and so they, you know, usually tend to operate like the Borg. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> nice Star Trek reference. I love right, it. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it sounds to
0: me like what you're saying is, with the new relationship, we just treat it as instead of incorporating or, or taking uh, into consideration what all of these other relationships might mean in relation to the new one, we just treat the new one as its own entity.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, just, just because maybe maybe your, your husband is in a relationship with somebody, you know, that doesn't mean that the wife has to also be in in a relationship with the same person, you know? Yep. I mean, I, I just believe so strongly in dating separately.
0: Yeah. If you consider failure experience.
1: (laughs) I I mean, mean, it's, it's experience that I, uh, you know, sure it's valuable, but I mean, come on. (laughs) on.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, so let's see let's see some some other topics some of the other things that that i definitely wanted to talk to you about um was regarding race issues i want to be educated i am you know the the i'm the first one to say i'm just a big dummy i don't know anything you know and but i'm constantly learning and constantly trying to get better one of the things you're not the only one cursed with knowledge (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 trying to be, <laughs> trying to be curse of knowledge. <laughs> anyway, you know, just, just always want to learn more. And one of the things that you mentioned was uh, how outspoken and uh, passionate you are about black hair, natural hair. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, why that is so powerfully meaning to you?
1: Yes. I, I guess uh, one of the reasons is that, um, you know, I grew up in Mississippi, and it was like,, um, all of the uh, black girls would get their their hair straightened, you know, which was kind of problematic in Mississippi because of the humidity, you know <laughs> <laughs> And so you, you would get your your hair straightened with with this hot comb. And then you go outside and
0: you know, instantly you
1: know, like it didn't do any good. You know And, and what, what I also want to want to say about that too is that um, and you know this will probably you know seem a little controversial to some people, but oh well, you know um, let, let me say that uh, white men have no business telling black women how to wear their hair.
0: Bravo! <laughs> Absolutely.
1: When when, yep. when I was uh, living in Portland, Oregon, uh, in the uh, 1980s, the there was uh, the, somebody I dated, and um, now I I used to wear my hair, you know, uh, shaved really close on the sides, and you know, with with a uh, flat top, you know, mm-hmm. like like Grace Jones, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And I remember somebody telling me of uh, the. Uh, 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 you know, a white guy that, that I was dating at the time, you know, he told me that he thought uh, a really soft uh, Angela Davis type afro would look way better than that Carl Lewis hairstyle I was wearing. <laughs> Damn! It uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, was so wrong. Well, first of all, it wasn't a Carl Lewis hairstyle. It was a Grace Jones hairstyle. Yeah, get it you know? right. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and even if it was a Carl Lewis hairstyle, I mean, you know, he had no business, you know, putting it down and, you know, you saying that, you know, an Angela Davis style afro would look way better. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, we, we can say a lot about about men telling women how to how to do their hair uh especially you know white men telling telling black women how to do their hair there's there's Mm -hmm. so much uh you know that we have learned over the years right (laughs) society has just really changed and and it's really something that is um is being spoken to a lot more you know the the internet has uh really given people a voice and giving multitudes of people a voice and things are changing in that way. Um, I, I was reading, um, some, somebody posted something about black women, natural hair. And it was like in 2010 that there Mm -hmm. was a corporate case. I don't remember uh, the lady's name, but there was a corporate case where uh, a lady was offered a job and the job offer was rescinded when she refused to adapt to their hairstyle. She's like, nope, I've got my black natural hair and this is what it's going to be. And she sued for that. Um, are you familiar with that case? And do you know about uh, more of the changes in society that are coming?
1: Well, I, I know that, first of all, you know, there' are sad to say there have been several cases <laughs> like of that. You know, so so that's not an isolated case, but it's it's just so hard for me to believe that I mean, you know here here it's uh you know twenty twenty one and uh, you know it's like we it haven't evolved at all, you know, and you know it's it's not just in the United States. I mean it's it's all over the world. and I just cannot understand why you know these companies think it's okay. To tell black women how they should wear their hair. I mean, I have, haven't worked a nine to five job since you know, like 2013. You mm-hmm. know, and and I have no desire to go back to a nine to five job. You know, for that reason. <laughs> well, that's, that's one of many reasons. You yeah. know, because if if they saw my hair, they'd you know probably tell me to cut it or wear a wig or, you know.
0: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No way. Do you think that things are changing, though? Does it look to you like things are, are moving in the right direction?
1: Sometimes it does. And and then something happens and I end up getting really discouraged again. You know, um, I I will say that I have, have been finding more and more uh, white allies, you know, which I right. really, really appreciate. Uh, well, and especially since... Um, you know, I lived in Portland, Oregon for 18 years and it was was so common for me to be the only black person on the job, you know, just basically the only black person anywhere, you know. Yeah. And um and I mean that that really wasn't that long ago, you know, it was in the 1980s. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But now now you are getting more of the allies, more people and I I think that mm-hmm. this is Uh, something that we're seeing just a lot more frequently in general. I mean, last year when uh, all of the protests after George Floyd were going out, there was a lot of diversity in those crowds. It wasn't just, you know. So I think that we're headed in the right direction. I I think... I'm
1: your huckleberry. (laughs) (laughs) Would you agree with that? I I would I would say so. I mean, we're you know definitely not there yet. You know, definitely I, a long way I, to go. I think about um, oh maybe like four or five years ago that that I I would uh, you know I took part in a, a Black Lives Matter march, mm-hmm. and on one hand I felt really encouraged that the majority of the marchers were white. On the other hand, I felt very discouraged because since the majority of them were white, uh, you know, we d- didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, police brutality, you know, right. I mean, like the uh, police, uh, you know, respected and trusted the uh, white marchers, you know, mm-hmm. so that part really bothered me. Really yeah. It's, yeah,
0: it's kind of a double-edged sword there, isn't it? It's like, I love seeing all of the, uh, you know, white allyship, but mm-hmm. by the same token, like, we, we need, we need all kinds of representation. Yes. 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 Gloria, uh, I know that you've got, um, other appointments to keep today. So I make, I want to make sure that I get you out of here on time. Um, what services or what can people expect if they want to get in touch with you? Uh, what can you help them with?
1: Yes. Um, well, I can, you know, cer- certainly tell them, you know, wh- where I'm going to be teaching next. Uh, that that was actually something that I tried to do with my website, you know, <laughs> but uh, un- unfortunately it's, uh, you know, it's very outdated now. You know, I l- listed all these places where I was get- going to be presenting, but then COVID happened. And so,
0: <laughs> Yep. yep. <laughs>
1: You know, a lot of these places or a lot of these conferences were e- either canceled or postponed and, you know, uh, went, went to uh, virtual, you know. Right. Yeah. So uh, but I, I would say that, yes, you know, you can follow me on um, Instagram and Facebook. You know, and my name is Gloria Jackson. Nefertiti is all one word. Um, you can can also follow me on Twitter at uh, Gloria J. N., And you can also go to my website, which is uh, notgloriajean.net.
0: Perfect. So uh, just to throw this out there for everybody who's listening, some of the topics that Gloria teaches are transcending shame, which we did talk about, uh, polyamory 101 from threesomes to weesomes, uh, (laughs) and we do not live single-issue lives. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that Gloria is teaching a lot that you can learn. Uh, so just head over to not and a bunch of information there about how to get in contact with her and, uh, learn from her. Yes. Yes. Gloria. I want to thank you so much for taking that time to, uh, hang out with me today <laughs> and, uh, giving our audience an opportunity to learn from you. Uh, yes. it's been a lot of fun and uh just thank you so much for hanging out
1: yeah thank you so much for the invitation and i definitely plan on coming back
0: <laughs> yes i want to have you back when we have more time we can dive into yes. some of these de- uh, some of these uh ideas even more
1: <laughs> yes
0: yes absolutely (laughs) All right, and a huge thank you also to our live audience for tuning in as a reminder when we're live you do not get any commercial interruptions but the same cannot be said for the podcast downloads if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday at 2.30 Pacific or sign up for our Patreon where you not only get access to our commercial free RSS feed but a bunch of other Patreon only content and uh, Q&A with our upcoming professional guests so thank you all again for hanging out with us today don't forget to subscribe rate review still trying to get to 100 youtube subscribers this close i'm this close (laughs) follow on social at practicing poly all right thank you all everybody don't forget to always 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 have a nice day